With my dear Redeemer, there's no more, no more to die. Oh yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. The end I know is nearing, my faith I look away to yonder home supernal, the land of endless day. I'll cling to Him forever and look beyond the sky and spend the
Miss Liz, you do that without much breath, boy. You, I, I'd hate to see you when you get a mouth full of it there. Woo. That's good. Take your Bible this morning. Turn to Joshua chapter seven. Joshua chapter seven. And uh, I tell you, sermon titles and ideas come from strange places sometimes. And and, and I want to tell you the story of what it was. I was looking up for an idea, and I come across a verse. And on that verse, I, I, I found a sermon. So I was reading this guy's sermon. I was enjoying it. And he made mention of a, of a verse. So I said, well, let me go look at that verse because I didn't quite get it, what he was saying. When I got to that verse, well, that's where I stopped at. And, and, and that verse just kind of spoke to me. I was reading in the book of Joshua. And this is in chapter 7. We find where, where Joshua and the children of Israel, they have come across the river Jordan and they defeated Jericho and and they were going on, and, and, and they come to a little spot, and there's a little spot in the road called Ai. Just, and it spells just like it is. And it wasn't much of a place, but they knew they were going to have to conquer it, because if not, it would be a thorn in their side for the whole thing. Well, so they decide they're going to go up against it, and, and, and the, the, the guys get together with Joshua, and they send 3,000 men up against this little bitty old city. Now, this city is very small. It's got natural defenses around it, so it's an important place to do. Well, when they get there, this, this should have been an easy, quick, decisive battle. Turned out to be this just horrible mess. The people of Ai got hold of the children of Israel's little 3,000 army men there and just put a whooping on them. 36 of them died right away. Well, they were defeated. And a lot of times, just like us, when we are on the mountaintop and everything seems to be going good, <clears throat> we come into across a battle that just seems to just blow us away for no reason. Yeah. And Joshua was upset, and he was a really, really coming up against it. And, it, and it, it says here in verse 10, well, let me back up. It says that Joshua, he, in verse 6, he rent his clothes, he fell upon the earth, his face before the ark of the Lord, and and he started to pray. Put, they put dust on their head, which was a sign of mourning. And, and they prayed, God, why? Why? Why did this happen? How could you, God, let this happen to us? Ain't that the way we always tend to do this? And, and, and he's doing the same thing. And listen to God as he responds to him in verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore thou liest upon thy face? He's like, why are you lying on the ground, Joshua? It's easy. If you understand what's happening, you'll, you'll get it. But Joshua, you, you took your eyes off of me for a little bit. See, when they went to Jericho, God told them to destroy the city. Destroy it completely. Don't take nothing. Well, one man didn't quite obey. He went in and he saw something and he liked it and he got it and he took it home. And he convinced his family, let's hide it. See, going against what God had told them to do. And so God was showing here, and he reminds us that disobedience in our life sometimes is why we get into some problems or other things in our life. And so God's asking Joshua, why are you, you laying down? You ought to know who you are. And sometimes, Christian, I think our biggest act of disobedience when we come across a problem is remembering who we are. What we are. Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 37, he said, Nay, all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because Jesus Christ fights our battles for us. 
And we forget that. We get down. We get despondent. We get just beat up. Just like, just like Joshua here. He was upset. You know, Lord, look what it's, it's doing to us. Yeah. And these things, we need to remember who we are. And sometimes we need to get up. And I want to talk to you this morning about getting up. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, Paul wrote this. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Did you hear that? Be strong in Him, not be strong in you, not be strong with your might, but be strong in His might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, a lot of us, we fall down flat just like Joshua did. We're down crying and God saying, get up, put on the armor and stand. Get up and start doing things. Get up and get ready for battle. And he tells, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, basically our enemy is not going to fight fair. It's not going to wait for you to, to come back to church and hear a good song, hear a good service, get excited about it. He's going to attack you when you're weak and when you're down. So Paul said, get up, put on the armor, be ready for battle. Because we're fighting against an enemy who fights unfair. He says this in verse 13. He says, wherefore take upon you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. He said, put it all on. Don't just halfway do it. Now I think what it is, we'll get up and we'll might leave. How many of you ever left your shield of faith somewhere? Or he forgot your sword. And boy, so Satan says, there he is, there he is. Look, 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 that one's weak. That one's weak. I'm going to get on him. I'm going to jump on him with both feet. And I'm going to get them down. Because it's like this. If you get down, then your wife's going to get down. Or your husband's going to get down. Somebody else is going to join you. Before long, you're up under your pity tree. Both of you whining. And once you start whining, you start whining to others. You go one to another and another. Before long, you got a whole whining group of people going, wah. God said, stand up, get up. Maybe, maybe what it is is we need to realize that when we put on this, we need to stand. We stand because God gave us some marching orders. Listen to this. He said in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1, He said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak to you. Maybe what, maybe what it is, you need to get up, get busy, so God can start talking to you some. You know, we, we take our eyes off of it. You start focusing on the problem. You start forgetting what an awesome God we serve. I realize my problem is before I stand up sometimes, there's a few things I need to do. One of them is every once in a while, I need to wake up. You know, you need to be wake up. Listen to this. Paul said in Romans 13, 11, he says, And that, knowing the time that is now is, now is high, time to wake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we believe. Paul said, the more you go on, the closer it gets. Amen? You think, ain't none of us promised tomorrow. So we ought to be living like today's our last day. If today was your last day, you'd do it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Who would you be telling about Jesus? Or are you going to be selfish and say, I'm going to leave my behind. There's people we love, people we need to, to reach. When we are asleep, we miss opportunities. And I'm talking about spiritual sleep. 
And that's what happens to a lot of us. We get lulled into this, this, this not getting excited. We get lulled into not serving. We get lulled into forgetting who God is. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 19 says this, Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. God says, I've called you to do something. That does not mean everybody you go to, everybody you pray for is going to get saved, does it? You know, I've always wondered and been amazed at how God does things. When a church is not doing anything, when we become content and we just sit, the church starts to just slowly dissipate. But when we start serving, we get excited and start doing a few things. God might not bless that which you're doing, but it's always amazed me how other people, other things start to grow. Start to happen. How many of y'all, you know, we'll sit in here on Wednesday nights and, and, and bless Bree and John's heart, they got a bunch of heathens in the back. <laughs> Them little loud, boy, they can get loud, Amen. But I mean, people say, well, I can't believe they're that loud. Well, I'm just glad they're here, amen? Kids are here, people are coming, great things are happening. Amen. Be excited, pray for them. Say, hey, how many of y'all pray for Bree and John's ministry in the back? How many of y'all pray? Y'all remember when the choir used to be full? Yeah, I know we got COVID, we can't do what we used to, but hey, well, how come we ain't praying? Lord, fill the choir up, fill the pews up, let's just have a revival. We've gotten quiet. We've gotten to where we're not listening. But we've got to do our part. God will bless what we do. Every action. You can say, well, I've invited people to church. Well, did you quit? Go to Walmart. There's plenty of people there to invite. So I don't know. It don't matter. Just do what God's called. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Through 15, Paul said this, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. If any man's works abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's works shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Paul's reminding us Christians that we've been called to work are you working? Because one day you'll stand before God and answer for everything you've done. Will your life of work, life of a child of God be a handful of ashes or will you receive a reward for it? We ought to get excited about it every chance we get. So, well, preacher, I got a lot going on. Well, then pray. Greatest work you can do starts on your knees. Ask God for help. What do you want me to do? Yeah, I found out I can't do what I used to do. How many of you can mm-hmm. still do what you used to do when you were young? Anybody? I, I used to do a lot of things. I I used to ride a bike, Jimmy, and when I fell off of it, it didn't hurt. Now if I fall off a bicycle, it's years before I recover. <laughs> we can't do what we used to. God changes our ministry. God changes all of us as time goes on. Are you asking God, what can I do now? I can't do what I used to do. What can I do now? Yeah. Give me a way. Show me. Help me. Lead me. Guide me. A lot of times we don't offer any resistance to the devil. 
Yeah, you ever think about this? Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because the, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, Peter wasn't talking to the lost. He was talking to the church. Amen. See, if we don't wake up, the devil's going to get us. Because he's walking around seeing whom he can devour. Yeah. And he likes to take people out. He said, well, he's going to get me. How many of you ain't as interested in serving the Lord as you used to be? He's already got his claws in you. And we need to help other people. Wake up, do what God's called us to do. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 3, God's talking. Listen to what he said. He said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. God said, I'm looking for somebody. Here's the, the, the bad thing about that verse is how the sentence ends. And he says, but I found none. God's still looking. What are you doing? Are you ready to do it? Maybe we need to perk up a little bit in here. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 6, says this, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I don't know about y'all, but I think we all got our ears. Amen? Yes, sir. Are we listening to the Lord? You, you say, well, well he, he don't speak to me audibly. He speaks to our hearts. The word ear here can refer to just listen. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Or have you gotten so hard-hearted that you don't even hear the knock anymore? Or have your ears stopped up? In Zechariah chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, says this, says, Thus speaketh the Lord a host, saying, Execute true judgment, show mercy, compassion, every man to his brother. Press not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. Let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. God gave the children of Israel a list of things to do. But listen to the next verse. He says, but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder, stopped up their ears that they should not hear. See, God speaks to us a lot of times, but how do we act? Do we act like the children of God did? Say, oh, no, 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 not, not, not right now. I've got too much going on. I've got a lot going on in my life. I'm busy. I've got all these fires and irons in the fire and, and all this happening. When we do that, we're doing the same thing they did. Because you know, I read that verse. I'm like, how could they, being God's chosen people, he worked miracles amongst them. He did great things. He delivered them time and time again. But yet it says, but they refused to hearken or refused to hear. They pulled away the shoulder, which means they, they jerked back and they stopped up their ears. And I said, how can they do that? And then God said, you do it every day yourself. You do it all the time. How many of you have ever had the Holy Spirit tell you, get up, go to the altar. Or get up, go talk to this person over here. Do this. And you go, well, I, I can't right now. Uh, I, I just don't have the time for it, Lord. Uh, ask me tomorrow. You know, I, I've thought about that. I say, I, I wonder what God looks at and looks at me and say, Steve, you're the hard-headedest person in the world. I called my children stiff-necked, but boy, they didn't have it until you came along. And, and I realized I do the same thing. I refuse to listen. I pull away. 
So many times I think what we spend more time doing talking about how hard it is. Oh Lord, I just you don't, Lord, you don't understand. And then it reminds me, I understood all the way to the cross. It reminds me I need to fess up. In first John chapter one, verse nine, John said this. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, John was talking to the church. He wasn't talking to the lost. I'm saved by grace. My sins are forgiven, but sins hamper my relationship with the Spirit. I don't listen because of the sin in my life. And he says, he's faithful, he's just, he will forgive, but you've got to tell him. How many of you parents caught your kid doing something, but you said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait and let him come to me. See, Father does that to us every day. If you love me, you'll come. You can say, well, I'm good. I want you to, to, to listen to the next verse that John wrote. He says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So yes, every one of us are sinners. We're saved, but we're still sinners. It's our nature too. Some of us just need to come to God and say, Lord, I, I, I've got a problem. Or Lord, I am the problem. Can you help me? Will you forgive me? You say, well, preacher, I've not killed nobody. I've not done nothing. I don't talk about nobody. Well, maybe you don't talk to anybody. The Bible says if we know to do right and we don't do it, guess what? That's a sin. David wrote in Psalms 32, 5, he says, I've acknowledged my sin unto thee, mine iniquities I have not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. You realize when you come to the realization in your life that God knows everything you do, every thought that you have, every action that you take, and he knows what's going on. You can't hide your sin from God. You know, you can hide a lot of things in life. How many of you do this? Well, I got to go. Matter of fact, I do next week. I got to go to the heart doctor. He told me to lose weight. Don't suck it or walk in. <laughs> Just hiding it here still shows in my face. I can tell him, oh yeah, doc, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I have a lot of things, but God knows my heart. He knows everything I do. I need to fess up a little bit. Some of us, we just need to catch up. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, But sanctify Lord God in your hearts that you be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason to hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Anybody ever asked you, why do you go to church? 
Why do you act like you do? What do you tell them? Why do you pray before your meals? You know, it's like it's God told us that we need to be ready. He, here Peter said, be ready always to give an answer. He didn't say be ready to quote scripture, to be ready to know the Bible from front to back. He said, give an answer. What's your answer? Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you come to church on Sundays? What is it? You know, he told Timothy this. He said, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He told Timothy, basically, get in the word, get to know it, understand it. You know, you study it, you can remember it, but if you ain't putting it to action, it ain't doing you no good. If I was to invite you to the house for dinner today, you'd hope that I could cook. Or at least I could pick up my phone and call and get some food. I mean, what do you think? We get all get there, get to the table. I set a can of pork and beans on the table. I said, if y'all figure out how to open this thing, we can eat. <laughs> I mean, as a child of God, we ought to be able to at least tell people why you love the Lord. Yeah. Hey, I was lost. I wasn't worth a flip. God loved me. And took me as I was. You won't have to know everything. But you do need to know why. I was a wretch, but God saved me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't much, but God loved me. Some of us, we just need to grow up. Peter said this. He said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, he said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You know, some of us, we got saved, we heard the word, and then that's it. We quit. You know, when we have nurse, have babies, you know, one of the hardest things sometimes is get people to go back to the nursery. You ever notice that? Because babies can be loud. Babes in Christ are just like little babies. The other, other day, Remy got upset, fell right there in the floor. She'd pout with the best of them. she got it down to a science. She'll just curl up in a little ball. Said, a lot of us do the same things. You know, babies, they like wear their feelings on their shoulders. Then watching them walk, it's kind of like watching a lot of us walk. They stumble a lot. You think a baby can do things, they aren't really afraid, but... Sometimes we forget. We act just like them. Paul said this. He says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. He said a man be found faithful. Now, the, the word for man here inquired everybody. A grown person found faithful. A child of God found faithful. But see, you can't expect a baby to be faithful. If Remy or, or Genesis was to get my keys and do something with them, I can't expect them to be able to take me to them the next day. They're children. But as a child of God, God expects us to, to do things. Are you still an infant in Christ or have you started to grow? See, it said there that the infants desire the word like milk. Some of us, we never got a taste for it. 
Where are you at in your spiritual, your spiritual walk? Are you still acting like a baby? Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, listen to what he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So Paul said, start with, he says, present yourself as a sacrifice. You know, they used that, the sacrifices in, in, in biblical days had to be perfect. Now, I don't know about you, I can't be perfect, but I can keep pressing towards it. I've got the picture of what I should be like, and that's Jesus Christ. Do what God wants you to do. Listen to how he tells you to do it. In verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You realize it takes growth to be able to do that? How many of you remember as a child you couldn't tie your shoes, you couldn't do different things, but as you grew, you started to learn how to do things? There was a time in your life you couldn't read, now you can read. There was a time you couldn't write, now you can write. There was a time you couldn't do things, but you learned how to do them. It says, learn to do these things. Don't let the world teach you. Let God show you. need to grow up, then we need to look up. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28. He said, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth the distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the roaring waves, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming to the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When all these things come to pass, then look up, lift your heads, your redemption draweth nigh. I'll tell you a secret. Any day now, he'll come. Are you looking up being ready for him? You know, if Christ was to come back today, right now, where would you spend eternity? I've had people say, well, I don't really believe in God. Well, one day you'll find out for sure. And it's like this, you know, I believe in the Lord. And I was 10 years old when I asked him into my heart. It was October 10th, it was at 7 p.m., 1976. I didn't know much about God. But two guys told me about a man that loved me. Amen. And talked to me that night. <clears throat> led me in a prayer. I remember praying it and thinking, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. Somebody said, well, when if there ain't no God? I said, boy, I still have lived a wonderful life. Right. Thing is, what if there is? Yeah. And you find out when you take your last breath. Too late then. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've done things I shouldn't have. I've ran from God. But I know if I was to die, where I'm going. He paid the price for me. 
See, I understood now what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God sent his Son here for you and for me. And a lot of us realize that. He looked and he said, Boy, with all your problems, all the things that are wrong with you, my Son still loves you enough to go to the cross. You know, some people say, well, Christians are judgmental, thinking you're better. No, we're not. The difference is I know where I'm going. So when I tell people about Jesus, I'm not being judgmental. I'm wanting them to go with me. God said he's, he doesn't want anyone to perish. You see, it's up to us to tell you about God. You see, he saved me as messed up as I was, as messed up as I still am. And he told me in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he knows that there's sin. Sin requires the death. That death is a separation from God, and Christ took that from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not the works, least any man should boast. So when you say, well, I just hope my good outweighs my bad, it never will and never can. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's the easiest thing in the world. The Bible says, if it, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus that has believed and believe in thy heart that God has sent, raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All you got to do is, is believe it and say it. You got to repent from your sins and just ask God into your heart. And it's easy to do. I did it. Anybody can. You pray a prayer like, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. I ask you to come into my heart, make me a new cre creation in, in you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Amen. See, it's not the words, it's the belief of what you said. You know, right now, I know that God loves me, that he died on the cross for me. But there's a lot of things in my life that are still wrong. I need to remember today to get up and who I am. I am a child of the living God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I've asked him in my heart. He's forgiven me my sin. I'm still a work in progress and got a ways to go. But I am forgiven. I am more than a conqueror because Jesus has already overcame the world. And through him, I can overcome anything. So my question this morning is, do you know him? And Christian, are you ready if he returns today? Get up, stand up, and do what God's called us to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed.